Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute routing in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by AWS, the world's most comprehensive and broadly adopted cloud platform. Use AWS now to lower your business costs, become more agile, and for faster innovation. Apply now to get $1,000 free credits at hustleshare.com slash AWS. Also by TagCash. Spend, play, earn, and build a mobile wallet super app for your startup. Go now to hustleshare.com slash TagCash to apply and get your startup's mobile wallet. And Caliber. It's the easiest, most convenient way to get hired. Caliber Tailor fits the perfect job for you based on your unique skills. Hire the best people for your company at www.caliber.com and use the promo code HUSTLESHARE. Caliber, where jobs find you. You know, you think about this after five, you think about this before you wake, before you go to sleep. The first thing you think about when you wake up, it's a whole different grind. And like, if you don't have a good support system, right, it's going to be very, very difficult to execute. Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Bait Young. Welcome to episode 67 of the Hustle Share podcast. My name is Ronster and I'm your host. And this episode is powered by AWS, the world's most comprehensive and broadly adopted cloud platform. We are a proud affiliate of the Podcast Network Asia, but before we begin, we'd like to remind you that this podcast contains not safe for work language. 
So make sure there are no kids when you're listening to this. Because today we're going to be talking to an exporter. And her name is Mel Nava, the founder of One Export. And today Mel is going to talk about how interesting this hustle of hers is because export is something we have not tackled in Hustle Share before. But before that, she's going to tell us her history and how she hustled back in school to get the things that she wants all the way through how she did volunteer work while she was studying and how she was able to apply it to what she's doing now in One Export. Mel's also going to talk about the key experiences she had working for a huge multinational company and how she was able to identify the problems that they're solving now. But it's not all rainbows and butterflies because Mel had to go through a depression and she's going to share how she was able to bounce off of that and take One Export to where it is now despite it being a bootstrap company and leverage the relationships that she had to build by hustling on the ground. And stick around till the end because she's going to share how she was able to surround herself with a network of other founders that help her through tough times. All the way to how you can export your product and service using One Export. So if you're ready to learn the hustle behind One Export, Let's begin this episode right now. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share Podcast. I'm so hyped. I don't know why. Because today we're going to be having someone who is very, very good at what she does. And I've never had it, someone who actually tackled this big industry before but before i get carried away welcome to the show mel nava of one export mel welcome to the show yeah thank you thank you for having me she is taking down notes she looks like a very nervous girl right now i don't know why i'm trying to make her comfortable but yo chill out we got you we got you okay mel uh real quick um again thanks for for being on the show i talked to you last year about like, yo, Mel, I gotta have you on the show. It's like, yeah, okay. I don't, I don't even know if she actually knew what the show was, but I, I, I said, I knew what the show was. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, so Mel, just like any other episode and any hustle share episode, we're almost turning one year now, by the way. Wow, congratulations! Yeah, um, I didn't know how how I fucking pulled it off, but what it is. But Mel, what's your hustle? Well, um, so I guess. We can start with uh, the fact that you know I, I came from a an exporting industry. So okay. I I was uh, my first job was an export sales assistant for. Okay, a you weren't company. a container van before. I wasn't okay, a <laughs> just to make for sure. sure, for sure. I okay. wasn't a truck. Or okay. I, wasn't a, I wasn't any of the. I wasn't a truck driver. Okay, but yes, okay. I was an I, I was an export sales. Got it. Um, selling uh noodles and biscuits. Of no a, way. Yeah, fast moving wow. consumer good company, mm-hmm. and so I was selling to um U.S. Uh, Europe and Asia. And this was locally manufactured here. Locally manufactured here. Got so um. Okay. Uh, why I got into the job was my manager uh, convinced me to. Uh, basically, I, I, after after graduation, mm-hmm. um, 
my manager was just like, you know, if you go to a multinational company, you're going to help like a big company become richer in another mm. country. But if you help a local company, then you help um, an actual industry here and you help the Philippines become better. So I was pretty sold on the idea of okay. exporting. And even if the job didn't pay so well, um, I said, you know, I wanted wow, to. Wow, really? It didn't pay so well. But that I mean, would be a big misconception. I thought export is like for the big boys. No, because the actually, customs people ride, ride a Lambo, right? All that. But they're the customs people. <laughs> so, so you hindi okay. not customs people like okay. like us, right? Um, Just a course, Ferrari, not a Lambo. Yes. Okay. Not a Ferrari. <laughs> like maybe a maybe an Angkas. Okay. Like a, wow. <laughs> okay. A, okay. So, uh, so, All right. So, um, you know, we don't get paid much, but mm -hmm. I was sold on the vision in terms okay. of helping um, small businesses export, right? Got it. And so I learned the ropes uh, for three, three and a half years. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, it came to a point where I couldn't see myself growing because of the industry. And so mm -hmm. I took my MBA um, and then, you know, just took time to just, you know, th rethink about a lot of things. Okay. But before we get to your MBA. Yeah. There's another, uh, there's an imaginary thing that's floating around here. I don't know if you see it. It's called the Hustle Share Time Machine, and you gotta ride it with me. Okay, now we're in the Hustle Share Time Machine. And I wanna track back a little bit before we talk, talk about your MBA. How, did, how, was, how was growing up like? You know, um, did you ever think that you'll ever be an entrepreneur and whatnot? How is that dynamic? Because you studied in DLSU. Yeah, so okay. Well, no, I didn't think I was going to be an entrepreneur okay. because uh, my parents are in corporate, right? Oh. So my parents are uh, top, like, corporate people. So nice. it, all their lives, uh, you know, we I think they, they really made sure that, you know, you're going to go corporate okay. after this, uh, af after your job. So that was the path. That. So that was the path. That Got was, it. In fact, the path was finance, right? But wow. it was like, I was telling my parents, I'm not going to, I'm not good at math. Okay. I'm not going to go into finance. And okay. so... You know, I said I was gonna do corporate, okay. and I did. Um, but yeah, I think growing up, I was a I was an entrepreneur already. Um, okay, what were those hustles that so, you did growing up? Like before, my parents didn't give me an allowance. You know, so what? They gave what type us, of parents are just kidding? <laughs> they gave baon. They gave baon. They okay. gave uh, they gave packed lunch, mm -hmm. right? But they didn't give me money, right? Mm -hmm. And so there were days when uh, I would I would want like to buy, uh, I don't know, like uh, candy in school or something, right? Or a Hello Panda. Yeah, or a Hello Panda okay. in, in the canteen, diba? And mm -hmm. I couldn't I couldn't get it. And so um, what I would do is I, I would buy toys or my toys at home or, you know, I would wow. buy mga text or mga marbles or something. Then I would sell it for like one peso each uh, in in grade school. And so That's my, awesome. I, I didn't have money, right? Okay. But like my parents were pretty uh, like, they were pretty like they were asking like how 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 well I I didn't give you money how are you putting money in your piggy bank and I'm like <laughs> and for a while they thought I was stealing so I was like wow. no I'm not stealing I, I I'm right. actually selling this and and I bought it for this much and okay. I'm selling it at one peso right nice. so times four and so that's how I made my money mm -hmm. and I turned it around right but um uh, after that uh, I think the school got mad at us selling right because because they, they were saying uh, we, we weren't focused on our studies and so 
And so, <laughs> you were skipping classes? Not really skipping classes, <laughs> but like more of like a, it became such a thing where it was starting to distract classes. So, Got it. So there was a memorandum. The text, the yes. text is already everywhere. Yes. Let me fi- ask this. This is the ghost fighter and the yes, sailor moon? Yes, this is the oh. ghost fighter. Too many and sailor, sailor moons in the but hallways. But I didn't know how to ever play it. I just <laughs> You're just a dealer. Like, you I didn't get want, high on your yeah, own supply. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Definitely. Just a dealer. Just a dealer. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. Now, for from that point... So, I'm pretty sure the school stopped it. And yes. you study in Poveda. Yeah. Oh, this is not just any type of, you know, school out there, huh? Oh, you said this is high class text. I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> but, okay, so when did that stop? Did you switch to another hustle yeah. going back? So, oh. um, when that stopped, uh, I went, I got myself interested in volunteering. Volunteering. So, and um, I, let me just uh, say something. I, I've read this somewhere, forgot where it was. But the best salesmen that I heard are volunteers or the people that start volunteer work because they basically convince you to join a cause for nothing. Exactly, yeah. So how did you get into the volunteer work and who conned you to this type of yeah. stuff? Because, you know, it's it's the cause that really that, that cuts through. Yeah, so um, I think in high school, um, so I grew up without cable. Uh, we didn't have cable. We didn't have video games. My parents didn't believe in that. So... Um, if I stayed at home, I'd be really, really bored. TV Patrol all day. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> TV Patrol or newspaper. And I've read it all. I've seen it all. And I don't want to have go. to do it ever again. Okay, cool. But um, uh, so uh, a friend asked me, like, hey, you know, we're going to teach in Payatas one, one oh. afternoon, Saturday afternoon. And then, yeah, and then, yeah, I just got addicted to teaching kids in Payatas uh, in the whole of high school. So the whole of high school, I, I taught uh, catechism. Uh, for wow. kids in Payatas. Uh, the, the org eventually became really sustainable where they, we weren't just teaching catechism, we were actually giving scholarships to kids. Got it. So, and then um, I, that continued till college where I became like, uh, wow. like I, I volunteered for Gawad Kalinga. So I, I like particular areas where um, the urban poor population is really big. So like Payatas was back. the, right. exactly, Payatas was the, like one of the top three um, poorest places in Manila. Yeah. The second one was Baseco, which was uh, Tondo. Yeah, Tondo. So mm. you know, it, it got uh, the fire or something. Um, there was a problem with um, maintaining the people. So yeah. I, I became Gawad Kalinga chair for DLSU. Got it during that time. What? Yeah, I what? mean that was in fun. college. In college, because so we nobody were, had that type of type of experience for sure. No, 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 but. Gawad whole Kalinga. high school whole and high school college, and college yeah. ain't nobody gonna f with you on that one that's that's only yeah, you for sure but you're you're very qualified to to run that for sure yeah, so but it was nice because i mean you know raising funds for um villages raising funds for the communities or okay. events was something that i learned um during the time that we were volunteering and it was really again like selling a cause or supporting a cause or getting people gotcha. to be on board were the there course. any skills that you've learned during the gk um, see, I'm the G- yeah. uh, GK experience that um, that you still use today. That 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 you, that cuts through. Is it like you know that that stick with you for life? I guess the important ones that I learned would be uh, community building. Um, it's yes. very important to be empathic about you know your customers or the people that you help. Mm-hmm. And so those those you know I mean 
you start with that first mm-hmm. uh, and then after that of course negotiation with right. people trying to sell you know like get get money from people to support the cause is another right. thing so it's also, it's a, it's a form of selling which mm-hmm. is maybe even harder than just yeah. selling the product because right? there's because no byproduct that you get Exactly. Really, right. it's just so, you know good karma. Exactly. Per right. se, right? Yeah. So those are. I think those were, those were very important, and so yeah, I guess it was fun. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, in a sense, like uh, for some reason, yeah, I, um, it developed certain leadership skills that I for would sure. have never right. ever thought mm-hmm. I had, right? Because you really had to manage people, you had to manage a community, you had to manage the up, you know, people um, in La Salle who mm. were very very particular about um, right certain things so so yeah i mean those 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 were really interesting and awesome. then yeah okay now after graduation were there i said you already kind of talked about how you got into the 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 exporting industry i don't know if that's a proper yeah. name but were there any in-betweeners that you did uh, before that 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 you tried and tested before you got yourself into the harbors and whatnot yeah. well um i was selling so i knew when i was going to get this job that my job was not going to be a lot right so i needed to be able to augment my salary augment uh, with my sal- i want to use that today <laughs> okay. like mommy i want to in- augment my salary <laughs> I will use that as a quote. Okay, yeah, I'm just kidding. Uh, but what does augment my salary so mean? So I needed to find like another side hustle. Side hustle. Side hustle. There right? you go. Hustle, right? Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, I need to find another side hustle to you know make you know achieve the lifestyle that I want. Okay. Because for your parents spoiled you at a certain time, right? right? And so you need to be able to achieve a certain. You lifestyle. You don't want right? to lower the bar. Yeah, exactly. Right? And right? Re- so, live on ramen that you export. Yeah. I did though. I oh, did. you did. Though. Oh, okay. yeah. so so I was, there I was you eating go. near X products, but yes, um, what? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like as long as I, I mean, we call that shelf life testing. Right, as right, long right. As, you know, I'm not. And you were the guinea pig yourself. I was the guinea pig. I know. Oh, it's safe. It's safe. Okay, okay. God. There you so, go. But, she, she's um, still around. <laughs> I'm still around. I'm still here. Okay, so how did you make ends meet? Um. Uh, so I had a client uh, in Saipan that had a sister. Saipan yes. in the middle of Pacific Ocean. Yes, yes. and then oh. I had a sis- she had a sister here that was uh, manufacturing clothes. There's a lot of Filipinos there, from what I heard. Yes. yes. I don't know how the hell. Did, did they get there washed away by Filipinos. the currents? No, no, man. Like okay. a, Guam and Saipan, right? It used to be a US colony, right? Right. Um, so uh, I think a lot of Filipinos move there, and then I think mm. it's also easier to get a visa there if you you start. Like you know, so. wow, okay, so. got it. All right, I thought they really just got carried away with the current <laughs> Pacific Ocean. Oh my, like oh, this really looks like the Philippines, but <laughs> that's true. Uh, okay, but, so yeah. in Saipan, you got this friend, and, and what did you do? I had a client who had a sister that okay. was manufacturing clothes in the Philippines. Right, mm. so so part of like I uh, and then what I did was you know I asked her like if you can create clothes for me. You know, and then she manufactured those clothes. So my day job was Monday to Friday. I was an exporting person, right? Okay. I said export sales. And um, f- in between lunch breaks when the traffic was still not so bad, okay. um, I would run to the factory. And the factory and was where? Near your in office? Tagig, in Tagig. Okay. So, I mean, if I can Uber, that's about 30 minutes back then. Okay. Back then. But now it's really bad. Um, okay. uh, Angkas is the only solution. Angkas is the only solution. So don't take it out, government. Okay. <laughs> if you buy, if you also want to learn the hustle of Angkas, we've had them on the show. So just look back. Okay. <laughs> just plug there right there. Okay. So you went back and forth. And what and were you doing? I was doing quality checks. I was, um, mga, like, I was picking fabric. Uh, I was telling the people, this is what I want. 
to ma- be made, right? And then I would come back uh, Saturday morning. Saturday morning, I would pick up the stocks. And then Saturday, Sunday, I would be in bazaars. You so, are a bazarista before? Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. Shout so, out to you again. Mad props. My my fiancé. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Thank congratulations. you. Uh, call her fiancé. I'm still getting used to it. Congratulations. Right. Thank you so much. She, she had... Does a just bazaars as well as a uh, I side like her hustle. Skin, her, I like her skincare. Like, yeah, the oh, I am so I am the boy buhat yeah. in bazaars yeah, uh, to yeah, set up yeah. the whole thing, but so yeah, I did bazaars mm-hmm. before Lala Move, so wow. back then it was harder to to set up, absolutely. So, um, I would uh get all my stuff, put mm-hmm. it in a cab, mm-hmm. take it all out during like lunch break oh or something, and then like set it did up myself. Did someone help right? you at least? No, it was just me. Oh my so, god! So I mean, I know how to I know how to make a whole booth system, you right? Know? Um, but uh, I mean, I've been very creative about these correct, things, correct. but. Um, looking back, now you have Lala Move and it's so much easier because right. you can get somebody to set up the booth for mm-hmm. you in a bazaar, but then you don't have that. You, you, didn't, you didn't have that back then. Well, Lala Move sets up booths? Now, yeah, they can't. Yeah, you could. I did not know this. You, you, you just have to like put it there and like you, you have to give them extra, basically. Lala but Lala I didn't know. Okay, now I will. Fortify. You don't have to do it yourself. Wow. Yeah, I'm filling up my seven-seater car with all the stuff that my 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 fiance has, oh my god, it's uh, it's labor. You're a though. good fiance. Good it, job. Good that's job. why I got the yes. I know. Good <laughs> job. Good job. But yeah, you can actually let do lalamu. But back then Shoot. it was just me. And then I think for a while, like when my driver saw that uh, what I was doing, okay. then then he started helping me out, and then had to explain to my parents this is what I was doing. Okay. Before, like it was all like tax labor it was yeah, like dude. It's bringing not easy. my stocks to the 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 office going there during lunch break wow. so how long did you do this i think two years so the Shit. clothing business was there for two years and then i got really tired with a bizarre yeah, life it's not easy yeah, it's not easy and then so so people just just coming from another side of the fence if you come across a bazaar and if you'd like something please do buy because it's labor of labor of labor of love it's not easy and don't be assholes to them please yeah. you know don't try to haggle anymore yeah. because we're not the big merchants out there and whatnot i see the fucking hustle because the bazaar is one thing the preparation in between yeah. doing inventory and everything dude it's such an uh i, I don't even want to say the bad word because it's too bad but it's it's a bitch yeah 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 i mean uh <sighs> it was it was a real like you if I mean, uh, I would like end the bazaar like Sunday, 12 midnight, right? And then yeah. be at work at like 9 a.m. And you Monday, had a day job still. And I oh had a day God. job. And so there was a time where I would uh, take a, you know, like take a leave just because I had to be the one to To recover too as well, yeah, your exactly. body. But more than anything, before we take our first break, what was the learnings you got in the bazarista life? Because it humbles you too. Absolutely. But it's also very satisfying that's what i always see with my fiance you know no matter how tiring it is if you had a good sale and whatnot it it her smile is a Shaolong Bao smile. Yeah. Like, oh, let's go to Din Taifung and celebrate your bazaar successfully. But what were those skills that you acquired here and the lessons that you learned? I think the it's very important to have a face-to-face um, 
you know interaction with your customers right okay. you can't always assume that they're mm-hmm. all you know, I, 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 like I think if you have an idea or if you have a product, like you can't always assume that it's always going to be that forever, right? So okay. you always, it's nice to always get feedback, mm-hmm. and it's nice to see customers, you know, that are repeating or that have not, that are no longer your customers, and get just feedback from there. And you get that in a bazaar, right? Super. Yeah. Like right. It doesn't get as close to that as exactly anything. right. And 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 it's nice to also interact, like as mm-hmm. the owner or the. Uh, you know, I mean, as the founder, you know, yeah. it's nice to interact with those co- those people because sometimes when you go, uh, when you are no longer interacting with your customers, then, you know, you, you forget why you started things in the first place. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that was one of the things. Um, and then just really the hustle behind um, setting up, you know, I mean, I'll tell you, after the bazaar, I said I didn't want to do this anymore right. because it's just hard. But really just setting it up, there's just so much effort put into it. Physical too, huh? Yeah, physical. It's hard labor. Yeah, I would, I would like, I would, I would do that. Lighting. Yeah, I would set up. Lighting. And you have to also take care of your stocks because there's some weird motherfuckers who pass by all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just, you know, I mean, everything, the preparation involved in um, setting up a bazaar. I mean, we do that now for one export for trade shows, but mm. you know, um, I mean, nice everything plug. setting up. <laughs> I like how the way you plug there, oh. but uh, that's awesome. Yeah, but okay. there, yeah. But would you do it still? If if push comes to shove and you felt something that you just want to in, inside down the road and they're like, you know what, I, I, this can be a good a bazaar product. Would you still do it or Lala Move is the shit now? I might not. <laughs> <laughs> You're done with that life. I mean, I mean, you know, I'll help other people with with you know what okay. what they're doing, but I, I probably it's it's just it's not that I'm done. It's just I I I, I have complete respect for people that do Dude, it. It's really mad hard. props. I swear, it's really hard. But right. um, you know, it's it it was I I, I got really tired. I think. And and, and what it's would you say? It's also humbling. Of course. Like you absolutely. really like screw your entitlement, screw everything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. In a bazaar, everybody's same. Yeah. I don't care where you're from. Yeah. And you have yeah. to like, uh, you know, you have to please the customer. Yeah. There's a lot of things that are going on. You can't just, you you know, you make a sale different ways. So, yeah. You know, it's, it 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 just takes a lot of negotiation and effort and you it's know. It's a level playing field. Yeah. Too. Yeah. It's, okay. Yeah. All right, now take it, let's take our first break and when we come back, let's talk about how you got one export and how you turned the startup life into the tech ecosystem from Bazaar. But let's talk about that more after the break. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready get 30, ready get 20 20, 20 ready get 20 20, ready get 15 15, 15 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. 
you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact 24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact 24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch? At SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph. That's saschallenge.ph. And good luck, and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back from the break. We're still the four with the former bazarista Mel Nava of One Export. So Mel, prior to the break, you said that you know um, you, you you did the bazaar life, but I'm I want to know more about you know. So you at the very start you said that you did the Mondinisin. Let's just call them out. They yeah, don't pay yeah. us out. They're not gonna say anything <laughs> bad about them anymore. Yeah, yeah. After Mondinisin, uh, you. What did you learn, and how did you do any other export-related uh, stuff after this? And what was the main catalyst for you to now think of One Export as a startup? Stitch that up yeah. all the way to how you cre- created One Export. So um, before I left Mond Nissin, um, I knew I needed to grow, um, okay. but it felt like uh, I didn't have all the opportunities um, currently, right? So um, uh, that time I, so I was. I, it was a pivotal moment in my life because it was like, I, I wanted to get promoted, but there were no areas for me to be promoted. How long did you say in Monday? Monday, ba? It's yeah, Monday or Mond? Mond. 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 Monday kapag Tagalog. Oh, I'm Mond Tagalog. Monday, Monday. Okay, Mond Nissen. But um, uh, well, so I was in that rut. Um, but okay. also like I I came from a. Breakup of a seven-year relationship. So Sorry. at that time, my dad was like, "You know what? You seem very confused. Why don't mm. you just take your masters? At least it'll buy you time to figure out what you want." Mm. You know. So um, uh, and he he was super pressing for it. That it came to a point where he was like, "I'm gonna retire next year, and if you don't, if you don't, <laughs> if you don't take your masters, I'm never gonna pay for it." That's scary. But but to be fair, like he didn't retire. In fact, okay. he's still not retired. So I'm like, oh my god, you tricked me. Nice taking move, my Dad. So good job. So yeah, right. I mean, I did take my masters because it was like I just needed to um, think uh, about stuff and maybe you know like a get your mind right. Yeah, like like yeah. I don't. I mean, I knew for one after leaving, I still wanted to do exporting. I didn't yeah. know what I was gonna do after. So you left Mond left to Mond. do masters full time. Yes, wow. Yes. So I How was, was that like too? Because now you got to a certain level. You don't want to ask for daddy money all the time. How did you make ends meet? Um, so I was consulting for a couple of companies. Ah. So they were giving me some allowance. So that's what that. how you sustained yeah. at yeah. least uh, your lifestyle yes, yes, while yes. doing uh, masters. 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 And what did you do in your masters that? I'm pretty sure this was yeah. a big turning point yes. to what what we have now as Definitely. a product as so, a um, one expert. Well, in well, I took it in AIM. No, I took okay. my masters in AIM, and uh, since I took it full time, um, mm. there was a lot of opportunities. So they actually, if you take your masters full time in AIM, you could actually take uh, you could actually join competitions, right? 
So mm. they had an internal competition um, where you pitch an idea, okay. and then if you win, you go to Thailand, right? So what? What do they do? Is this a prize? What do you do in Thailand? Um, you, then you pitch. Uh, you you compete with other business schools. Oh, wow! Yeah, so, so you're the representative of AIM. No, so to be fair, I didn't win. So see, okay. AIM naman gives you a lot of opportunities. So yeah. I think the business competition I went to was the one in Yale. Where we did a business, what? so they, they really send you out. So um, I think do they, do they you, pay for it? Or yes, you? they pay for it. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, they pay for your ticket. They pay for your stay, but they only pay for the duration that you're there. Still, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, can I like, come clean? Yeah, I've always wanted and wondered. So, aim if you're listening to this, maybe you can sponsor me. <laughs> what yeah. it's like doing an a, uh, a masters in aim because this is creme de la creme de la creme. In in business school, right? But I, I'm I'm not sure if I'm still built for school. I, I again, I I want to find out what was it like in, um, in, in because well, now I didn't know that they do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was day to day like in well, in master the, school? The, mas- the business school had about you have three classes a day, very yeah. intensive re- classes. So from finance to um, marketing to strategic management and all of that, and then. Um, they encourage you to join business competitions abroad wow. where the business competitions are you compete with different business schools so gotcha. um, in Thailand uh, the, the thing in Thailand the competition in Thailand you compete with different schools in Southeast mm-hmm. Asia then they have a business case competition where you compete in yeah. Yale and so, but they really send you out how's in, the education like I, I mean when there is it like a normal like a DLSU style or is it in that because there's one guy that credits aim for some for something that he that when he went through that he realized that he was a diamond in the rough you know who it is it's joe, joe mag yeah 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 he always talks about this oh, nice. yeah. because he, he, he felt inadequate prior it's like i am okay blah 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 but when he after aim like boom okay so this is who i am this is what i can do that's nice that's why i want to find out like well, how was the edu- was well, what's the secret sauce that aim does um, to someone I guess they look at it uh, they take a holistic approach in terms of uh, no. and if there's one thing they're really good at uh and they're really good at allowing you to or making you understand the problem mm-hmm. right so, the, so like a startup yeah, or so, exactly. okay. so barang, um, they do a lot of the cases so i took a formal mba i didn't take any of the like innovation yeah, yeah. so um so we took i think a 400 cases where siguro by that time you would already see if you know you you could clearly see what the problem is like and right. so i think that was very important in terms of running the startup because mm-hmm. it's like you could see the problems before they actually happen and so you actually work on it before it happens. Nice. I guess the other thing is I'm really not a finance person. Um I still Amen. am not. I almost <laughs> failed finance in MBA. Yep. But um uh, it you don't need to have really good grades. Um, you just need to understand certain concepts, and mm-hmm. because of that, like I've learned how to value the company well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned how to, uh, you know, make certain decisions in terms of getting investment or not. We're not yet invested, by the way. We've been bootstrapped for three what? Years. I am more blown away yeah, to yeah. find out that you have fucking bootstrapped We're this still all along. Bootstrapped 
for three years. I'm pretty years sure I'm a, a, there's a ton of people knocking hard on that door. Yes, yes. Hey, you cool. take my money, Mel Naba. Yeah, Here yeah. you go. And but we've been bootstrapped for three years. So oh my God, how? I don't know how we did it. Now, I want to talk about that uh, mm-hmm. later on. Yeah. Because that's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. It is crazy. What the hell? Wow. <laughs> Why would you not take that money? Oh. Right, but anyway, let's talk about that later. Okay. That, Aim, you, you learn all of these things. Uh, you, you finish it in one year? What yeah, was that yeah, like? I finished mm-hmm. it in uh, mm-hmm. 16 months. And you were um, class president? Oh, yeah, what the fuck? I was class <laughs> president. So my grades were not good, but I, I said I wanted to make friends. Social. So, and so, and so I became class president. Mm-hmm. And so, but I'll say, like, it actually helped also because um, in terms of network, uh, okay. so AIM also has a Dude. lot of friends. Like, you know, they have a lot of um, international students yeah. from Indonesia, from India. Mm-hmm. Um, we're expanding in Indonesia. Um, wow. And so it's part of, part of why it's easier is because mm-hmm. I have friends in AIM that are in Indonesia and have mm-hmm. connected me to certain people. So, gotcha. so yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it's really good. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't think I would have been more before I think as a bazarista I was an impulsive kind of businesswoman right yeah. I was okay let's do this bazaar let's see if it's gonna work right without thinking but with AIM like um, I thought of yes exactly I thought of like will we do this what are the pros and cons how much is it going to cost is it going to cost us money if it's going to cost this much then let's not do it right so there was a decision making structure involved because I went through AIM right now last question before we turn the page and talk about one export how does one get to AIM because again if I was to do it how much are we talking about and how is there an entrance exam that we're talking about so I know there's an entrance exam um I've graduated like six years ago so um but uh there is an entrance exam um you could get scholarships I know oh wow so they give scholarships uh you, but your entrance exam grades has to be high. Mm. Um, but I think for the amount, I, I don't know how much the tuition is now. Got it. But um, it is Six worth digits. It. It's worth it. That's it's worth the, it, I think okay. so. Like sure. a network you get, um, mm-hmm. you know, you're not just talking about Philippines. So if you want to expand in like like India or, because they have a good network in India. Yeah. And so you, you could totally get all, all of these things. Absolutely. So. And again, we've seen so many uh, great um, examples of people that have been through the program yeah. and look at them now. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't need much selling after. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, the, the, the product it speaks for itself. Okay, Mel, how did one export come to life? Was this an AIM product? Yeah. So how, this was a, initially it was like we pitched the idea kay. as a one-stop end-to-end platform. It was really just that, um, but we didn't have all the pieces together. Kay. And so in that competition, um, it didn't go through because uh, people didn't understand it, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, and basically we were told it was an underwhelming idea back then. So Who was this we? Is, um, me and like maybe my groupmate. But okay. I didn't make her my co-founder. But okay. yeah, so um, we were told that it was an underwhelming idea, right? Okay. And so it didn't go through the the competition. But you know, I believed in it. I mean, mm-hmm. I was in the exporting industry. I felt like we need this product, right? And what and was so the problem you guys were solving back then? Back then, we wanted um, SMEs to okay. have an opportunity to export, right? If mm-hmm. you're a big company like Mond, you have all of the resources. But right. if you're 
a small company, you don't have all of these resources. And so we wanted to cut down all of the costs involved. And what resources are we talking about? So again, um, I'm just a naive, oh, okay, sure. say I, I'm selling tahong, for example, yeah. so, and I want to export the tahong. So you definitely yeah. need, if you want to export the tahong, you definitely need documents uh, okay. involved in exporting tahong. So you're, you have to talk to BFAR, you have mm. to get your export license from customs. So all of these documents, right? Okay. But you, if, as, as a tahong supplier, Call you me tahongista. Tahongista. <laughs> as a tahongista, you wouldn't have that, um, you wouldn't have that yeah. access, right? Yeah. So you wouldn't have access to documents. You wouldn't know what documents are needed. And okay. so we would, um, we, yeah, we would uh, consolidate these documents for you and tell them, tell you, okay, th these are what you need. Let's get these done, right? And, and you help them too? Yes, we, oh we, actually, we actually do that. So, wow. But for a while, we didn't want to focus on that. It's just that um, we there was no other way to do it because okay. um, nobody was going to do it. Correct. So, and that's going to be a big roadblock all the exactly, time. Exactly. Right. right. And so that's why Philippine exports is really down because mm. when people find it difficult, they just stop. Right. And so that and was nobody's the helping them out. Exactly. Through. That's, that's, that was the behavior. We Not saw. until you find out that there's one export yes, in this podcast. Yeah, so tell your yes. friends about it. If they want to export okay. their tahong yeah. or any type of whatever, yeah, so as long as it's legal. Huh? Of okay. course. It's <laughs> so one export is a one stop mm -hmm. end to end platform helping okay. um, small businesses and agricultural communities export. So mm -hmm. we do everything from documentation. So you process your documents, labeling. So if you're a packaged food product like this water bottle here, um, we make this packaged food uh, export ready. So, wow. for example, if you go, if you want to sell this bo bottle to to the Middle East, we uh -huh. will have uh, Arabic translations uh -huh. that you can um, automatically get when you sign in the platform. Okay. So, but you have to pay us, of course. Um, those are those are some of our paid services. Um, we also have a, a business matching service. Ah, where we like a Tinder, like a Tinder, yeah. But for um, traditional uh, wholesalers and retailers abroad, mm. so we're not talking about e-commerce. We're talking about those that are completely offline. Mm. Um, so these are uh, purchasers of um, uh, Middle East supermarkets or Asian supermarkets in yeah. the U.S., Qatar, Australia, Singapore. On the retail side already. On the retail side, okay. and are highly, highly traditional. So we, we are in this space. Even the ones that are selling in the palenques, mm -hmm. we sell to them. So wholesalers. Wow. So those are those are the people. That's really as end to end as it can get, right? Well, there. yeah, of course, but it's more like uh, retail. So I guess it's a more difficult space to understand. Absolutely. Like relationship is something. That and it's very network have. and relationship driven. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now let's talk about that part. So I get the idea. Mm. The idea doesn't work without the network. How are you able to build that network? And, and of course there's prior relationships, but that's sometimes not enough. Yeah. You need to build more on top of that because especially if and then you have talking about BFAR, these are all bureaucracy filled, uh, you know, ecosystems. And sometimes you have to put the gaila. I don't know if you understood what the gaila is, the red tape, right? Um, and then of course, on the other side of the fence, overseas, you gotta also bridge that gap. How are you able to build? Because this is relationship driven. Yeah, you can't absolutely. build a tech on top of it until you have the right relationships. Yes. yes. So. When we first started, uh, our first year, we were definitely not making money. We were yeah. on a consulting thing. But our first year, we hung out in all of the government offices possible. Wow. So we were in DTI <laughs> wow. on, on the afternoons. And Eating we were just like literally asking people. Exactly. Mm -hmm. like, um, 
like uh, DTI, uh, BFAR, yeah. name it. So name, uh, name, we will go there, we will ask who should we talk to. We will wow. be, we will be, you know, people will tell us this is who you should talk oh, to. And you sick that, the, I sick that, yeah. whatever. Yeah, and, and even to the guards, no? so the guards know us. That that was that kind of <laughs> level of, of Face hustle. Value yeah, already. Because, because we really needed to know who yeah. we needed to talk to, who were yeah. the right people to talk to. And then mm. if we had this problem, right, what, what was going to happen, right? So, okay. um, we spent hanging out and then eventually these people became our friends. Um, mm. And so we, again, we don't believe in red tape. Um, right. So far we have not done, I mean, we've been running for almost three years and we have not done anything, but that, nothing red tape related. And that is amazing. So that, there you go. The crowd goes wild again. <laughs> Because again, you have to be the values yeah. also come in here. Absolutely. I mean, right? if you if you do it once, I always believe you you will always have find an excuse to do it again and just again. Like just like cheating. Exactly. Right? There so you go. I mean, we didn't we didn't want to ever do it, and so as much as possible, we stay away from that. And, but we do like now people have problems with their FDAs, and so mm. I have people hanging out in FDA, and then wow. really just making you know, t- making friends and talking to people in terms of wow. how do we get this done faster. So that, so that was how we initially started. Um, okay. We hung out in the right offices right. of the people we needed to okay. reach out to. Um, uh, for the networks abroad, it was really, um, well, one was, uh, of course, uh, our old network. So okay. the people that I used to service. Which is a big boon in that type of... Absolutely. Right? And then um, there are also people where... Um, so we, we serviced our customer. Our first sub- part of the uh, mm-hmm. supply chain was getting the suppliers or the manufacturers that want to export. Mm-hmm. So some of the customers of our manufacturers actually came mm-hmm. up to us and said, you know, why don't you provide why don't, why don't you sell to us right because before we were just doing documentation and labeling mm-hmm. services for our customers mm-hmm. and maybe order processing so we okay. were like their outsourced export department or Got something it. but then it came to a point where like why don't you sell to us we need your kind of service service level where mm-hmm. you know we're happy and you know we're being taken care of so mm-hmm. why don't you sell to us so it really just became a whole word of mouth kind of thing where um, our suppliers would recommend buyers to us and buyers would recommend other buyers to us. So mm. so that was how we sort of grew the ecosystem. We grew it uh, really via word of mouth. Okay, now let's talk about this, the hard stuff because this is not your background as far as I remember. You didn't have tech in you. Yes. Um, did. How did you, you also refer to yourself now as we. Who is we now? Okay. And so, how did you build the tech behind it? Okay, so I'll tell you. This is a. Okay, so um, we started with AIM, right? Um, yeah. And then uh, it was an idea. Uh, I wanted to pursue it after yeah. AIM. Um, so I joined Startup Weekend. Startup so Weekend? Startup Weekend 2015. Mm-hmm. 2015. Yes, that was okay, 2015, that's awesome. right? Uh, mm-hmm. I met uh, co founder. So the idea really was we were supposed to be a tech product, right? Mm-hmm. From the very beginning. So. Um, the idea for Startup Weekend was you get developers on board with you yep. and then eventually help make the tech. Correct. Now, everybody in Startup Weekend, I registered with um, in SEC and they became my co-founders. Oh, during that very same one. So, because we were really just, you know, let's let's make this happen. After Startup okay. Weekend, we didn't win, um, but then we wanted, we believed in the idea. Yeah. So we went through different competitions and stuff like that. Can we do a shout out to them? Who are these peeps? There are a lot. Okay, let's find. That's why we have uh, more than a couple of hours. Let's go. Uh, wait, pero I, I'll, I'll get to that story. Okay, sorry, so, bye-bye. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry. Uh, I so, I say, okay. so we started there, okay. but then the thing was, after Startup Weekend, Chempre, this was a weekend hustle. Okay. Right, so they would do this every weekend with their day jobs, mm. right? 
And then when we started getting real paying customers, we asked them like, um, I asked them like, are you willing to uh, to leave your jobs and then do this business uh, full time? The and leap so, of faith. Yeah, so we registered now because we needed to pay for you know we needed receipts and all of these things right. that required you know, SEC requires. But then um, when we asked them if you wanted to take a leap of faith and join the startup and make this a whole business, a lot of them said no. So wow. I had seven co-founders. Um, seven, and I'm the only one left. So, Shit. I, so. But did you have the MVP? Um, yeah, we had we had the operational MVP working, meaning you okay. know, if you, but we really we really had no tech. So, um, my tech co-founder. Uh, so all all of my co-founders left. So I, I that that was a different kind of stress because of course like, you know I mean all of them are really. Uh, Talented, talented, yeah. qualified, but it's like I guess it all boils down to if you do not have the heart for it and the and risk it, too. Are yeah, you willing exactly, to take right? that jump, right? So if you do not believe in it enough to to make certain decisions, then you know there's really no way it can move forward. True. So, um, the last co-founder that left was my tech co-founder, um, and it was really it was really tough because I think he also was going through something personally, okay. uh, and so. Um, and and which made him had you know he he had he, to do what he had to do yeah he was yeah. the only full time guy but he had to go back to corporate because of you know he I mean the salary in startup is not as great Absolutely. as if you get it right. you know in a different mm -hmm. so I had to rebuild my tech my whole team from scratch sure right? um, I hired one person uh, who is now technically my co-founder because nice. one guy that uh, you know started everything with me and then okay. um technically my team now is my founding team right Got so it. I and who that who is that guy that eventually became your co-founder see marco i have i have about four people now okay. that we that's, we're that's four, about four people now that are in in, wow. in you know um but it was really like a risk a leap of faith okay. and you know i mean i've seen them mm. you know um hustle and do there everything so it's uh it's interesting because the team now is like yeah m maybe not mm. as experienced but yeah. everybody has but the, the heart, heart is there for export and Absolutely. so so moving forward that was really how we uh, hired for teams um mm -hmm. hired the team if you want it enough, we, we need to see that you want this enough because it's not going to be easy and we're solving a very difficult problem so right. so marco dan dom and karen so they're my management we're, we're the management team now of one Kay. export but how big is the team now we are 12, 13, we're 13. Um, so technically this is the founding team. Every, the, you know, the startup is much as theirs as it is yeah, mine. So absolutely. it's basically, you know, they, they all have a state, yeah. Okay, before we take our second break and our last break, let's talk about that controversial thing you said. You're bootstrapped. Yeah, we're bootstrapped. Wow. Three How years. are you able oh to gosh. bootstrap this three years on? And why are you not ma taking funding? I want to understand the rationale okay. of this. Okay, so the first year was, uh, okay, the first year was we started first as a consulting company. Got it. Right, um, because we knew we needed to, we didn't have money at all. So we yeah. said we needed to make money immediately. Mm -hmm. And the only way to do that is maybe get a consulting fee from SMEs that are willing to mm -hmm. pay for an exporting service, right? So you were a business before a startup. Yes, yes. So we, we just yeah. needed to get money because it was like sure. when I quit my job, my dad was like, you need to make sure that you can you can do this because right. if you know you're 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 giving up a big salary. And mm -hmm. so 
um, we started with that. We were getting about 30,000 a month. So when we were two people, that could give us 15,000 pesos each. But that was yeah. fair, fair. Enough I mean, for you to survive. Exactly. Yeah. Enough to pay your glow bills. Yes, enough to pay certain things, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and then uh, after that, um, DTI saw that, you know, saw that we knew what we were doing. Yeah. And so we, they actually contracted us to do the export guidebook. No right. way. So the export wow. guidebook of the Philippines right now, but we have to um, update that this year. Uh-huh. But then uh, uh, is, yeah, we made that. Uh, we got some money for that and we were able to um, you know, run the company for another eight months, right? And then, um, so that was 2017. That was the first year of operations. Okay. Na full-time, I was full-time. Um, 2018, we joined Idea Space. There um, you go. Yeah. What up, Mother Hen? What up, Butch? Yeah, right? so um, we joined Idea Space, um, mm-hmm. and it was really because back then we had customers, we had paying customers, but we didn't know the way forward. And Got so, it. you know, what, what, how are we going to go from non tech? And we were pretty satisfied with our current. And did you go back to AIM? Because they kind of forced, that's part of the program, right? Um, there was a, they have a program, but we didn't join that now because we already, I already had my master's. Exactly. So, it's like, okay, I should no, do no, it no, again. No. But to be fair, AIM gave us our first office. So they gave ah, us a faculty room. Oh my Cause God. Because the president was like, why are you always in the library? Like, uh, right. what are you doing here? You, mm-hmm. I was like a squatter right, in right, AIM, right. right? But then, so they gave us our first office where, you know, we, that was very useful because they gave nice. it for free rent, free rent for about a year and a half. What? Yeah. But and I was a student. It so. doesn't matter. Yeah, so free office for free a year office. and a half. 10 square meters. That was our first office. Yeah. And in AIM in the middle of fucking yeah. Makati. And good good internet. Yeah. yeah so. And there's free a bunch on outside. <laughs> free cheap. water. Oh, oh, wow. Free water, good right. internet. Good job. Good enough. So. Right. And then if you want to go for cheap food just across yeah, Greenbelt yeah. One, there's yeah. food court there. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And then, so, I mean, that was that. Uh, we joined Idea Space, um, mm-hmm. and then from there we decided to. So Idea Space, of course, I think the model back then was you get five hundred thousand pesos. Yeah, uh, and then, yeah, pretty much we used that money to bootstrap, and then. But that was a grant. That was a grant. That wasn't funding that per wasn't, se in funding. terms of equity. Yeah, yeah, right. that wasn't funding per se. So that was that, um, and then uh, yeah, I guess. We were very lean in terms of operations. So 2018, we were six people, two full-time, uh, four interns, but the mm-hmm. interns were getting you know, a very a good, a small allowance. Yeah. So that was how we bootstrapped initially. Um, uh, what I did was uh, end of 2018, when we were a little more confident with the model, because we yeah. also grew from um, six to 60 customers by the end of the what? 2018. Yeah. How we're did you do at, that? Um, word of mouth, really. So wow. uh, after our first run of um, customers. Because yeah. um, this is B2B. You can't yeah, really do yeah. customer acquisition on social media because yeah. they're not there. Exactly. Right? And we didn't have money. So Correct. We, you know, we, this was really on referral. Wow. This was on um, people giving us uh, like a good word and all of that. So mm-hmm. um, from 6 to 60, I decided to borrow money from my dad. So um, you did alone. I did alone. Okay. I did alone. And Which then, again, uh, no shame. If if you're just listening to this, course. a couple of weeks ago, uh, Magellan Catalino, yeah. um, in our first ever Hustle Share playbook, dissected how startups can raise funds, and it's not just always equity. Yeah. You can do loans. It's actually better, especially if you're comfortable and you know that you can pay that back. You're not you're getting funding, and you don't dilute yourself. Exactly. This is what you did. Yeah. Okay. So I, I got a loan from my dad, um, which allowed us to run for another year, right? Nice. Um, so, 
so there i mean i guess that was how we bootstrapped um i mean uh really friends and family uh but we were uh i guess the mentality i had and i guess because i was more uh cautious in terms of getting money sure was you know i don't want to get money if i don't know where I was, i'm gonna spend it right it. so if because if I, you were my friend and i was gonna get money from you and i didn't know where i was gonna spend it um you probably would get mad at me after and i don't want to ruin any friendship sure. or family relationship so i was very very cautious in terms of getting money okay. um yeah i guess we had to make sure that all revenue models were first working uh, okay. so we currently have about six revenue models right wow now. um we have uh, models from service fees commissions we affiliate fees so those are some of the models that we get and that's great because you're not just dependent on one thing which sometimes can just go away in exactly. snap of a finger exactly so you have multiple moats yeah. per se and then um yeah we use the first the, we used the whole of 2019 to just test out several models mm -hmm. and then now we can actually come out with a full tech product where it's like okay this is scalable so we launched our tech december of 2019 oh just in recently export okay. congress mm -hmm. yeah so um nice. so the two years was really validation uh, used for understanding okay. the customers right and getting loyal customers right? right and who will, who are already paying the product but right now we're just going to move you right. to tech right and now automated so exactly to, yeah, so we it. were at 200 customers before the launch we're now at 260 what? and then in the span of one month in basically. a span of a month yes right. and then uh we are uh entering indonesia Nice. So, um, as in, like, not because we we joined uh, the Gojek Accelerator. Accel yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Octo in October wow. uh, we won that, but uh, we didn't win anything like a like a really grand. You prize. did win any a treasure yeah. trove of experience no, 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 and no, learning. Yeah, but God. exactly, like so. Um, but they gave us good network. Uh, so now we are partnered with food accelerators in Indonesia, wow. uh, food startups, and even a logistics company in Indonesia that okay. has already committed um, a certain number of SMEs mm. uh, for us to execute there. So Got we it. are looking at um, uh, executing the same model, but Got also um, what's good about this thing about yeah. us setting up there is we can actually bring Philippine products to Indonesia. Wow, So a lot awesome. of people are looking at um, uh, like, you know, I mean, they think that Indonesia is a good market, but they don't know how to execute it. So now we, we since we have this network with um, these food accelerators and startups, and sure. we can also I explain what their business model or distribution model is like. We can sell that also to Philippine SMEs. So, I mean, it's a whole thing of um, expanding and giving back. Okay. But definitely now we are ready to raise funds. There you go. Because we know where to put the money. And we, okay. we want to put the money in terms of growth and scaling. And let's just call it what it is. You, product, you have product market fit. Yeah. There you go. All right. Now let's take our last break. And when we come back, let's pay it forward. And then uh, Mel is going to tell us more on how you can improve your hustles through her story. Well, let's talk about that more after the break. Hey Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter 
suggest you grow your own startup because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprouts Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes, all the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and pay. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Filipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoost time deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. 
For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer. Trust DragonPay. And we're back with Mel Nava of One Export, who is now open to fundraising. So if you're an investor, dude, this is one of our best startups in the land right now. You know, oh, and, and it, the good thing about it is now you actually know where you're gonna spend it. Yes, because if, most startups also they come in as like, yeah, I wanna raise one million dollars, and I don't know what I'm gonna fucking do it. And the, here, I know it's already a they, they there's a common denominator of startups who probably don't know what they're gonna use it for. Yeah, exactly. And you know what it is? They always say it. Yeah, we're gonna spend it on marketing. Uh, no because if you're gonna fucking ask for money and make it rain on things you don't understand customer acquisition whatever the one to fucking call it your your business is probably doomed to fail i did this myself in party file you were buying growth oh my gosh that that was hard i'm I'm sure that was hard i lost everything dude oh my god but um, look at you now. <laughs> hey, I'm here to tell the story of how I fucked up. And that's why this, this, this uh, podcast exists. Yeah. Right? To talk about, again, the, the, the hard shit, the dirty stuff, the stuff that we had to go through. So hard. Because it's not easy, bruh. It's not. It's not easy. Right. Yeah. And only f- fellow entrepreneurs and fellow startup founders, to be specific, can understand what the hell and how fucking hard this shit is. But don't despair. But it because it can be done. Yeah, you just you just need to learn also from your mistakes and if possible learn from other people's mistakes. Now let's talk about that. Um, it, what were the biggest challenges um, doing this? I mean, you talk about how you were able to do it. Were, were there any specific hurdles that was really difficult for you to overcome? Because it took you two years before you're comfortable to 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 okay. properly ask for money. Now, yeah. what were those that you were trying to combat within? that you needed to tick in order for you to like, all right, let's do it now. Yeah. Uh, for one, people always said we couldn't be a tech product. Uh, mm. it, this whole exporting thing is a very manual, uh, very antiquated mm. um, process, and there was no way we can make it into tech, right? Mm. Um, but the reason why we also decided and intentionally started doing it was because we had so many customers, we couldn't service them by just Viber groups or WhatsApp groups or just calling them one by one, right? So we needed a better way to manage things. And, you know, um, yes, maybe there are older people that will refuse to do it, but there are also like people, like uh, small and medium businesses are starting to transition to give it to their second generation um, Correct. children. So, who's you know, savvy. Who's much more tech savvy and yeah. would rather have this. So we started transitioning into tech uh, primarily because we were having a hard time managing our own customers, right? Okay. Uh, um, so for one, that was one. They, they said we could never be a tech product. Um, okay. They also said we could never scale, right? Mm. Um, and so uh, I understand that because, of course, the, this whole exporting process, again, is... It's as traditional as they as, can come. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So um, we needed to find ways in terms of like understanding our customers' behaviors, what right. were similar, uh-huh. and then what can we... Um, automate and what can we not automate, Got right? It. So that was very clear in terms of um, scaling, right? Mm-hmm. So these are the things that will allow us to scale. But when it comes to this part part of the process, we have to do this because if not, 
we don't assure quality, mm-hmm. right? Um, so yeah, I guess those were some of the things that uh, were our roadblocks in terms of growing. But um, I guess once we started addressing them internally, uh, mm-hmm. we were able to, you know, grow, uh, yeah. grow and grow significantly. Were there internal challenges as well that you had to overcome? Because it's not just all outside, bruh. There's also growing pains that you have to go through inside. What were those for you? Well, um, you know, I, I I said like I mentioned, uh, I I lost all my co-founders, yeah. and you know, um, so I did go through like a depression where it was like, mm. oh my god, am I good enough? I mean. You know, uh, what what was wrong with me? Why, why did this all happen, right? And so, um, because I went through that, um, in the company, we really, really value mental health. In fact, mm-hmm. like, if you are having a bad day, yeah. you can take a mental health lead, leave. As okay. in, like, we won't, we won't count that. We don't count the number of days you're out. Sure. But generally, like, maybe, like, one week might be enough, and then maybe yeah. you can take um, Gradual, several right. breaks after. And mm-hmm. But we even, like, go to the extent of... Um, bringing you to a psychologist if you need wow. so we actually pay for that just wow. just just if ever they need so okay. so those things are not meant to be abused but okay. also like uh we just want to know that you know there, there really is like a it's kind of support because i don't want people to like not think of the business and you know but also like focus on their own yeah. own mental health but on a right? personal note how are you able to combat depression because this is again rarely talked about yeah. We don't go into a startup meeting like, you know, bro, I'm going through a lot. In a yeah. startup fucking ecos- uh, meetup or a fucking event, everybody's, it's a pissing contest. Every, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm good, bro. Yeah, we're yeah. good. We have this, we have this. We just, but deep inside, you know what? Sometimes it's like, bro, you okay? You, you, yeah. You're going through a lot. And this is, again, this medium opens yeah. that up. How were you able to combat it for yourself? Um, well, for one, I had a good set of friends. So I had a, okay. uh, I, I had a friend's, I had a set of friends that I met every month. Um, yeah. Different. Um, is this the one that did it, it breakfast in panty places like where Magellan <laughs> is? Yeah. How do you, what do you even call yourselves? Huh? And I who are know. these people? You always see you in fucking fancy like places. Like, so no, 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 but these guys, uh, so do, who are these peeps? Like you, Ray Refundo, VJ Africa. Right, uh, Audrey. DJ, Audrey Nang. Who else? Uh, Mober guy. What's his name? Uh, Dennis. Dennis, Dennis, right? Yeah. Magellan. Is it always on Magellan? No, no, no. no, no, no. no. Okay. It's not always on Magellan. You should so. make him pay. So, what, 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 somebody, somebody pays for breakfast. What? I have okay. not paid. I, I will get there once I, once I get the funding. But put it uh, on Magellan, yeah. guys. I swear, I'm giving you a pro tip. Put it on Magellan stab. Okay. But what do you guys talk about? What do you call yourselves? Um, in well, we normally uh, talk about. So you don't have a name for the this shit. Uh, <laughs> or is this an elite club? It's I've never been invited. Or maybe because I, like, I've, first of all, I won't show up because I'm not a morning person. So f that shit. I'm gonna sleep, right? I wait. I work till whatever time. I'll take my time yeah. to wake up. But what do you guys talked about? Well, we talk about like uh, startup updates. Uh, what you're going through um, yeah. in terms of uh, mm-hmm. like startup operations. What's hard? What's not hard? How mm-hmm. can we help each other? So it's really a startup support group. Really. So, in terms of hiring, in terms of um, operations, management, and all of these things, so it's a nice way to just vent out and just 
be human. I think that's very important. Yeah, and so, be vulnerable. Exactly. That it's okay if you don't haven't figured it out. And startups are really hard. You know, they're not they're not easy. Like you know, I mean, it's 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 a whole different kind of grind. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't think about this after you know you think about this after five you think about this before you wake before you go to sleep the first thing you think about when you wake up it's a whole different grind and like if you don't have a good support system right it's going to be very very difficult to execute so how did you, they help you out in that dark times um well aside from them i also had different sets of friends but yeah. normally like we talk about uh you know just how hard it is really and just putting it out there just and, knowing that yeah. someone else is going through this yeah. there doesn't, there, there, yeah. there, it doesn't have to come up you know there there that it doesn't need to have a real solution after True. i mean it just could be a way for you to vent out and then eventually figure to be heard out. sometimes exactly but someone who can actually understand what you're going yeah, through yeah yeah so it's really just that and you know um as long as i think you're true and authentic to whatever it is um mm. Uh, then that's good. Like, I think, you, you know, I, startups are very hyped up where people just say, like, oh, we're doing great. But actually, like, you know, there's a whole different grind to it. And normally, I like to talk about how difficult it is because it's really difficult. Yep. There are everyday problems and mm. you cannot escape them and you have to solve them one by one. Sure. So, I mean, it's really that uh, accepting what it is, uh, accepting the depression for what it is. Um, and then eventually just taking it one day at a time. Um, so I did, Idea Space did have a psychologist on board. Yes, so, Mother so Hen talked yeah, about this. Yes, yeah, so yeah. They, they actually have a psychologist on board where, you know, um, uh, basically uh, they broke down my depression where it was just mostly brought about by anxiety mm. uh, from knowing that things are going to fail. So um, how I uh, beat my depression is I plan everything out. Um, mm. from the core so so if we're, we're going to plan a project I plan everything like the what what's great about the project you know so plan A plan B uh, plan C and if mm. it's not the worst case scenario the best case scenario and the mid case scenario so I normally plan and then it so you went Doctor Strange on yourself 14 million scenarios already yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, so but that helps really you become comfortable like, with it too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, and, and it really just helps in terms of um, processing the depression and you know just taking one day, things one day at a time. Mm-hmm. So I guess people just have to be more self-aware mm-hmm. in terms of what uh, they can do about it and uh-huh. just accept it for what it is. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was really how I got Thank you for that. I mean, again, we rarely talk about this 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 in the, in the show. Uh, but thank you for shedding some light on that one. Okay, I want to ask you next about harnessing the power of word of mouth. Okay. Because you did some amazing shit and without even making yeah, it rain. Without marketing. But um, I'm pretty marketing. sure also it's not accidental. You did something there that allowed people to harness word of mouth the way it worked for you. How did you do it? Um, so it really started with a good number of customers. So our okay. first customer that we've onboarded is still our customer until now. Nice. Um, and so normally we uh, we get referrals from th- these customers. So our uh, so we serve them well. We serve them to a point that even if it's not uh, in our contract, okay. as long as we serve them and you know we export for them, it ca- it even comes to a point where we even solve their export problems. So if it has to be like. 
uh, they have a problem with their buyer abroad, we come in the middle and make sure that you know everything is solved and they get to buy from them again. So uh, these little things matter in terms of customer service, but also in terms of building a relationship mm-hmm. and you know building a network in terms of making things work, right? Okay. So um, it really started with that, uh, and then when um, uh, so we. That was how I guess just keeping the relationship with the customers. Um, right. Even if sometimes we don't sell the product uh, because it, it's just more difficult to sell the product, um, we tell them, okay, we we tried. Um, this, these are the efforts that we're doing. We failed. Um, so just having that feedback uh, every time, you know, they appreciate that because they know like somehow we've worked on their product. So even mm. if we haven't been successful, so I think uh, a lot of it has to be, you know, a, a lot of it is about being very honest with the things that we're currently doing, mm. um, and you know, just really letting them know that we're doing our very best and we haven't gotten there yet, but uh, uh, we will. So, but the I mean, effort sometimes is worth it. That it's mm-hmm. now worth it referring to hey you know what these guys will take care of you yeah yeah so nice. i think that was really how we started um nice. and then of course like we joined um accelerator programs right. uh um which really helped in terms of boosting our uh like referral system so like when people would ask hey do you know somebody that exports so really just that um uh, being in an accelerator program also allows you to be part of a community yes so, i mean and a community is what you need in terms of making things work, right? Uh, right. Or if you need other startup friends to vent things about, or if you mm. need to learn, right? It's a nice, it's a nice way to really uh, talk about things and you know also get referred. So basically, okay, awesome. Now, um, I want to talk about ex- uh, advice for people who want to go into exporting. Okay. Someone, someone's listening here. Like, what is this exporting? I don't know. You can't. You can do that. What would be your advice for a business person that has a product that's exportable? Um, what would? How would you tell them to now? Hey, it's possible. And of course, going through how one export can help them out. Okay, so I think first uh, you have to look at what your product or even service. You can actually export service. Really? How? Like a uh, BPOs is an exporting service. Like if you, you know, if you sell. Um, I don't know, like films or ah. if, you know, even if so, so anything actually can be exportable. So okay. people just think it's a product, but it a product or a service can be exportable. Sure, so for that. one, okay. um, like yeah, if uh, BPOs, uh, if you sell like uh, things on Upwork, uh, like uh, if you ah. sell services on Upwork, it's it's actually a form of exporting, right? Uh, but it's you're exporting services because mm. you're doing the work here, you're Got getting it. paid in dollars. So Got so it. you could actually get VAT exempts for that. Right. So, um, but. I think the first thing you really need to look at is uh, is your product or service good enough, right? So the baseline has to be you have to have a good product or service. What makes one thing good enough though? So for products, which we work with very much, uh, it has to be you have to have uh, like, you know, good packaging, right? The shelf life has to be stable, right? Uh, So it won't uh, get ruined at any time of the shipment. and it tastes good uh, for food, right? Um, or it is like naturally good for handicrafts. Like it, it's beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. So the baseline has to be you have to have a good product, or if okay. you know good service, you meaning you're up to par, right? If you're doing a, a like um, if you're doing graphic design work, for example, mm. the graphic design work has to be really good, right? Mm. So What's the standard, and where can they look for that? 
Um, I guess like you could look at different products abroad. So, okay. for example, if you want to export a particular product, uh, yeah. you can go to the supermarket, go to the international aisle, and see if your products are up to that international mm. standard, right? Because okay. it's really like that's the same for them. So we're technically importing their products, but it's an export for them, right? So if right. your products are that, if they made it there, then if you had to look somewhat similar or yeah. better. Yeah. For it to make it out and their shelves. Yes. Yes. Okay. Right. So, so it's it's normally that it has okay. to be the baseline is you have to have a good product or service, mm-hmm. and normally the assessment would be uh, how long is it? You have all the certifications, okay. right? So the, that's the baseline, right? And right. then um, if you want to export the product somewhere, you have to look at the markets you want to enter in, right? So you mm. can't say I want to export to the world or something. <laughs> it's so vague. <laughs> Um, and so um, what's going to happen is you actually have to start uh, researching like okay. uh, who are the players, who are the people that want to import mm. this product, right? Um, and, uh, you know, we don't live in antiquated times anymore. You can actually get that statistics from World Trade Organization or just right. type, but, uh, you know, yeah, what are the biggest imports right. in this particular country, right? And yes. does your, your, your product come in that, you know? So, I mean... Or service. So if, for example, the states are looking for a lot of people that are doing freelance work in, in Manila, for sure. example. So, so you know, I mean, th- these are things that you have to take into account. So study, mm-hmm. you have to have a good product or a service. Uh, you study your market. Um, and then you get the necessary. Then this is where we come in. Normally, people, we come, we take people in different stages. Uh-huh. So the first part of the stage we take them would be some people just say, just say hey, I want to export my product. Um, yeah. Can you help me? So those are, these are the MSMEs, really, uh, the micro, small, medium, enter- uh, micro, micro enterprises that yeah. say, I want to export my product. But normally we go with them through a process. Okay, if you're okay, uh, you have all of the, the, the documents. No, normally they come with us with a good product already mm. and an idea of where they want to export. Okay. And then we tell them, okay, um, these are the documents you need for this particular market. We will help you get these documents. Sure. These are the labels that you need for this particular market. We will process them for you. And then we also have a buyer. We also have an agent abroad mm. that can clear these products for you. So we try to make it end to end. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, eventually they get to export. Um, but uh, yeah, we start first with a good product or service, understand your market, and then you have to get the necessary documentation labeling mm. that is required, right? What's the it's time frame just, for this? Um, so, so far we've been able to reduce Okay, if if you have a good product and you have yeah. all the certifications, we can actually and and we find find you a buyer because the product is really good. Sure, we can actually sell you within ninety days. So, no way! Yeah, before before like normally it would take two years to for a customer to right. sell products. Right. But now we can. Our best case is ninety days. Of course, that's right. not the case for of all course, SMEs. Of course, of course. But um, that's why we're also trying different um, channels. So Correct. right now we're studying different um, distribution mm-hmm. channels that we can really sell SME products, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, that's our best case. Um, but again, like it's it's not as easy as it looks. It's really sure. because we already have some of the network that mm-hmm. we can already sell to, or we can easily con- we have a relationship with the purchasers where we can c- convince the buyers to buy these products mm-hmm. right but they will not buy all the products so right. th- this is where we uh curate the SMEs or ad- uh, help them in terms of or handhold them in terms of like okay if you can bring your products at a lower price we can sell them to China for example and Got mass it. market so okay. these are the things that we where it's we also the expertise that comes in with it right yeah. you know yeah. so, that's amazing 
So yeah, but it's not just logistics. So I mm. mean, we're not actually in the logistics space. We are in the enabling space. So the logistics people we just partner with in terms of like, okay, we just need to get these things done. We need to bring them out. But we are in the enabling space in terms of finding buyers, making them export ready. Then we just get the logistics partner to ship out so that it does not... So what we do is so that it does not get held in customs. Because a lot of... Um, well, we, we focus on food and agri, but a lot of right. food and agri get held in customs or get rejected or get destroyed because they're not compliant. Which customs? Ours or theirs? Theirs. Uh, theirs. I get stuck there. Surprisingly, it's easier to export. They're not... Uh, well, you, you have to... As long as you fill out or you know comply with the proper documents here... Okay. And standards, you're okay. It's easier. It's easier for you to export. It's it's, it's harder the, to import. It's, it's harder to go through the other ports. So really, that's Shoot, wow. so that's where. That's amazing. All yeah. right. Now, how much opportunity are we talking about here? If you, if I was a sure. exporter, um, well, you know, um, there's a lot, again. I'm pretty sure there's still a, a big deficit of how much we could possibly export. Okay. So right? um, well, uh, in the Philippines, one um, percent of the total SME population are exporting. Only 1%? So you have um, 950,000 MSMEs, only 1% is exporting. So if you look at that, like the opportunity is really big, right? So if you onboard more SMEs, you can, and and you export them, um, the value and the number will go up, right? So in Southeast Asia, I think only 20% are exporting. Still Um, from 20 to one? Yeah. I'd be happy if we get to 20. That's 19% deficit, and that's a huge jump. To be quite fair to DTI, EMB, uh, and who we work with very closely, um, they are doing a lot of efforts, but a lot of it really has to start with digitizing these small sure. and medium businesses. So and they, it's not they just all even, on DTI either. Exactly. They, right? don't even have a, they don't even have a Facebook page sometimes. Where, oh. you know, it's like, so a lot of it has to be like really hand-holding from the very beginning. Yeah. But we have to find a way where we um, automate and um, become very efficient in terms of these hand-holding things so we can get more SMEs to export. Absolutely. Because if you don't cover those bases, there are going to be big, big pitfalls that you're going to be stuck at. And that might be demoralizing to them. Yeah. But with you now, you're at least, yeah, it's okay, okay. You fell there. This yeah. is how you get there. Yeah. You but know. Uh, definitely, we need government support as well. Because, for example, I'll give a point, case in point. Um, we're trying to expand in Indonesia. Okay. Um, we found out that most most of the SMEs here are not halal certified because yes, of because course. It's a Muslim um, country, minimum yeah. minimum cost to halal certification is just twenty thousand and that's just filling out the documents. What? That's not like that doesn't even include plant operations, plant inspections, and stuff like that. Wow! Right? But in Indonesia, it's just ten thousand pesos for everything. And so then you can they do it you, there. No, no, but you have to be an Indonesian company, uh-huh. right? So here in the Philippines, the cost to getting these certifications needed for export is super expensive. So, True. so some of the SMEs will say, "I don't want to do it if you're you're not gonna give me a Middle East market." Uh-huh. So normally we do we give them a sale first. We convince them this is the market opportunity. Mm. If you're not halal, you're missing out. Um, mm. You couldn't grow your sales, and so that's when they decide. Got it. But How much of a bump do they get once they start mm-hmm. exporting? Say, for example, again, let's use that. Let's use Tahong. Yeah. So okay. normally, like our average sale would be eight thousand U.S. dollars uh, per transaction per tra- for Dude, SME. That's per SME. Half a million yes. Yes. So that's actually enough for you to grow your business or Dude. buy a material, buy, buy machinery or something. But again, 
um, there are a lot of factors that come into play. Of course, of course. Um, you know, I mean, uh, we could sell uh, as much as two million in incremental sales per year. Meaning, you didn't have to hire anybody. You didn't have to do anything. We just sold for you. We in gave a you different two market. Million, yeah. yeah. We gave you two million, right? So you didn't no effort involved. But um, again, a lot of things come into play. Like cool. how how flexible is the SM, how flexible is the SME or how. How how willing are you to take on these certifications and stuff like that? So okay, last few questions before we let you go, unfortunately. But um, I, I want to know about the metrics. This is okay. a totally different ballgame. I've never been. That's why I'm so interested. Just say, like, oh, oh, so that's how the exporting world works. What are the metrics you guys care about the most? Okay, well, one for us because we're called one export. Um, if we don't export, then mm-hmm. we feel like we failed, right? You're so, you're gonna be non-export. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so we need to export because right. we position mm-hmm. ourselves as an enabler in terms of like really sales, right, mm-hmm. and growing your market. Um, mm-hmm. So we have to number of export transactions is very critical for us. On a what per what basis per month? Um, just. Per customer, like how much are we able to export per per SME? Wow, right? okay. So th- those are important to us. We're trying okay. to improve across all SMEs. Okay. Um, sometimes even the number of like document or service transactions matter. Like mm-hmm. because for example, if you process somebody's business permit, okay. then they can sell locally. Or we, if you process somebody's FDA, then they can sell locally. Of course. So some of them um, actually just go to us just because they want to sell locally, right? Uh-huh. And so. So those yeah, are FDA. things that yeah those are things that we 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 value most because um, so we partnered a part of our growth was because we partnered with um, corporations uh, mm. uh, one telecom one logistics and one uh, one bank right okay. so basically some of them can't even onboard them as a for example a, a internet user because they don't have the basic business permit so some of them have outsourced those things to us. That way, like, uh, not just you—you you don't just get these documents. You also get to export eventually. Nice. So stuff like that. So it's um, a preparation for future exporting already. Yes, yes. So, okay. so it's more of like, but you know, I mean, it's it's a whole different grind, okay. and it's so hard. So. No, absolutely. But again, we have the right team behind it. All right. Now, Mel, uh, last question before we let you go. Um, you mentioned about you know uh, you didn't uh, you had you, it, it wasn't a rainbows and butterflies kind of thing. Yeah. But if you were to redo something within your journey, what would it be and how would you do it? I think maybe because uh, I think there were certain parts of this journey where I was very impulsive about certain things, okay. right? Uh, and one of them was I registered too early. Um, okay. And so, I mean, uh, it's just a hassle because, Mm. you know, if you want to change incorporators or if you want to change something, it's not as easy as it is, like, as in Singapore where you're just... Ah, that shit, yeah. Yeah. 48 hours, you're done, right? You're done, right. Um, But now, I guess it it was more of like, I should have taken the advice maybe Ron Host gave to me, like, way back when he said, uh, register as late as possible um, and register only when needed. Um, and so I feel like if there was one thing, because of all of the documentary hassles that, that you know, it, it brings. Especially here. You, exactly, right? Every time you have to change co-founders or change just like the address of your SEC, yeah. SEC paper. Like, uh, right. But 
um i guess I'll, i really don't have any particular regret okay. i mean you know i mean i think everything really came i, I became a better person because of this yes uh, maybe stronger ceo i used to be very unsure of myself mm-hmm. um in terms of running the business but now at least i know like okay we're the right team to you got a queen in the house now there you yeah. go boom <laughs> Okay. All right. Now, Mel, again, thank you very much for thank being you. on Hustle Share. But thank before you. we let you go, what do what do people do if they want to reach out to you and use uh, one export and, and need your help uh, or, or whatnot? What do they do? Well, uh, you can go to our website. It's www.oneexport.net. We haven't bought the .com domain yet. We are still a bootstrap company. But okay. um, they can register, uh, sign up as a supplier if they want um, but if they have any questions um, we are there you, you could you could reach us out and we have a chatbot yeah. there you go so, oh that made by us <laughs> they may have somebody else made it so I'm not gonna promote I'm just kidding but okay so they have a chatbot yeah. that can help us out so, and speaking of chatbots okay we have a chatbot too for Hustle Share so go to m.me slash Hustle Share powered by chatbot ph number Yay. one that's what it is and again if you guys like this episode don't forget to follow us in whatever podcast app you're listening to and if we do if we did say some jargon go to hustleshare.com all the jargon links are gonna be there if you're gonna realize what the hell did she say and it's like don't worry we got you it's gonna be on hustleshare.com and again if you guys want to learn about who we're gonna have on the show next go to hustleshare community on Facebook okay so again Mel thank you very much thank you Ron and I'll see you guys in the next episode peace